Father, we thank you and we bless you. How great is the Lord and greatly to be praised. The heavens indeed declare your glory and the firmaments show forth your handy works. We will praise you in all things and at all times because you cause all things to work together for our good. Lord, we come before you this morning humble, broken, and contrite. We come knowing that we need you more than you need us. We come realizing that you are God and we are not. You are in control. And we give you the wheels to our life. You sit in the driver's seat and you take us along life's way. We submit to you. We resist the devil and he shall flee from us. We pray in the name of Jesus. That whether we are in person or we are watching online. That every eye will be open this morning to see your truth. Every ear will be open to hear your voice. Every mind will be open to understand your word. And every heart will be ready for that which you have in store for us. We have come ready and prepared for a download of power and truth that will set us free this morning. And so we pray for deep convictions in the spirit man that our lives will come into alignment with your will and your purposes. We bless you, Lord. We thank you and honor you in Jesus' name. Amen and amen. You may be seated. Uh, this morning I have here, this is a 1,000-piece jigsaw puzzle. Uh, normally, like for me, I, I love puzzles, so I have all of these puzzles that I've done at home. And like, if I, when I go home, I'm going to start this, and I'll finish it by the end of the day. It's, it's very easy for me. I will struggle with the 5,000 pieces, but like the 1,000 pieces, I can finish before the day ends. All right? Because I love them, and, and like, like I have studied how to do puzzles. All right? Now, if I ask you, what is this? Can you tell me? You, you can only say it's a jigsaw puzzle, right? But what is it? It forms a picture. What is the picture? You don't know. All right? Uh, I know because the puzzle is mine and the picture is mine. And our lives are like, like jigsaw puzzle pieces. But the one who knows is the one who had a picture made a picture first, broke up the picture into many pieces, and gave us the pieces. And he says, listen, put the pieces together, and you will get the picture. But he says, I have the picture, you have the puzzle. But God knows what the picture is. He know God knows what the picture is. We only have the puzzle pieces. And until the puzzle comes together, we won't know what the picture is. Amen? The thing about the jigsaw is, every time they send the puzzle, they send the picture. Here it is. So, we are a puzzle, but there is a picture. And so this is what it's supposed to look like if all the pieces are put in their proper place. 
In fact, if you don't put the pieces in their proper place, you won't have the right picture. It also means that of the thousand pieces, there's not one piece that is more important than the other. All are as important to the complete picture. Remember, you're a piece of this puzzle. Whether you're a corner piece, a middle piece, a small piece, a big piece, you're just as important. All the pieces are shaped differently and fit differently in a different place. No two pieces goes in the same place. What does that say about you? It speaks about the uniqueness of each piece. But above that, it speaks to the creative power, genius, ability, wisdom in the one who has the whole picture in his mind. So we are starting from a puzzle to a picture. God starts from a picture to a puzzle. I think you need to just clap your hands for Jesus. Before I even go any further, it means that you are not special. Because there are too many special people around. And they have special needs. Next thing they're going to add needs, you're special and call you. Yeah, you're special. Special needs. You're not special. You're exceptional. That's a difference. Because exceptional means there's one you. And there can be no other you. Amen? All of these pieces are special. But that's not the big deal. It is the fact that every piece is exceptional. One of the sad things, one of the things I don't like with, with my jigsaw is that when I, I, ha, I, like I get like to the end and I swear that I have all 1,000 pieces or all 5,000 pieces and then there's one piece missing. And sometimes it is missing right out of the middle. And I feel like I, this, is, this is not done. I feel like I've wasted my time because the picture is not completed. Though I have added 999 pieces, the one piece, you understand why Jesus had to go and look for the one sheep, the one coin, and the one son? Because in God's eyes, one piece is important to the puzzle. That's how important you are to God. It means that I'm, I'm even if you are the one piece, he will come find you because you're important to the whole picture. Hallelujah. I, I could stop right there and let you just soak in that for the rest of this week. See, my, Michael, uh, Miles Monroe says this. He says, the greatest tragedy in life is not death. The worst thing that can happen to you is not that you die. It says the worst thing that can happen to you in life is not that you have disease. Any one of them. It says the worst thing that can happen to you in life is not poverty. The greatest tragedy in life is to live without purpose. The worst thing that could ever happen to you 
is to have no purpose for living. Or to live without a purpose. Can you imagine? Why? Because God is a God of purpose. And everything he made and everyone he has made was made for a purpose. Therefore, everything and everyone that God has made is uniquely designed for its purpose. Just like one of these. It means that I am an original. Come on, just put your hand on your chest and say, I am an original. Don't ever compromise God's creation by being a cheap copy. Be the original that God created you to be. <laughs> You're an original. I am an original. You see, what's the big idea? The big idea this morning is I want you to know that you are not a mistake. Everything about you is perfectly designed for your purpose. Come on, just lift your hands and just declare, I am not a mistake. Everything about me, come on, say it again, everything about me, one more time, everything about me is perfectly designed for my purpose. I want you to always remember that. People may not like it. You may not like that thing about you. But everything about you was uniquely planted, fashioned, and formed into you for the purpose that he created you. And so that is why I said, and the Lord God formed man of the dust of the ground and breathed into his nostrils the breath of life and man became a living being. Your hands have made me and fashioned me. Your hands have shaped me and made me. That's what the psalmist was speaking about when he said, you formed my inward parts. You covered me in my mother's womb. I will praise you for I am fearfully and wonderfully made. Marvelous are your works and that my soul knows very well. He says, my frame was not hidden from you when I was in secret and skillfully wrought in the lowest parts of the earth. It means that God made me. It means that he formed me. It means that he saw me. It means that he shaped me. And he put me together. And he planned every day of my life before I was even born. That is why if God did all of this before you were born, it means that something must be wrong with abortion. Think about it. If, God, if this is true, then abortion can be right. So either this is lie, and abortion is right, and God's word can't be lie. Well, Pastor, where you get that from? What do you say of a 12-year-old or a 13-year-old? No, it is wrong, and that is what they call it, statutory rape, and people need to be locked up on all of those things. Somebody brought the law to impregnate the person. Well, let me tell you this. They are only accidental parents. 
no accidental children. You are only accidental parents. No accidental children. In other words, you are not an accident. Because the scripture said, God formed you, planned you, fashioned you, numbered your days before you were even born. Therefore, God decided it was time for you to come forth. You understand me? So any accident happened, is your parents who are the accident. Not you. I am an original, not an accident. Anybody accident in the equation... It must be my mother and my father. Maybe they are accidents, but for me, I am God, original. Because God knew that they had exactly the right DNA to create you for the purpose he desired. Oh, gee. Like, like I know some of you are going to struggle with this, but I want to help you. Do you know that there are people who have been born in some circumstances that are not very nice, but have accomplished much in this world. So if it is that your circumstances determine your purpose, then everybody who born in bad circumstances would have bad purpose. You, you're digging it. Eh? You, you're getting what's happening? So there are no accidental children. You happen exactly when God wanted you to happen. All your strengths and weaknesses, parts you like and dislike, God wants you to be an original. You may not like your ears, you may not like your head, you may not like your feet, but whatever you don't like, it doesn't matter. God takes all your strengths and all your weaknesses, all your likes, and your dislike, and he put them together, and he says, you are an original. You know how I know how good original is? None of us, if we can afford it, by fake stuff. You don't walk into the shoe store and buy the fake brand. Whenever you get the fake, you feel like you have been deceived. Yeah? People like the real stuff. They like the original. So they have this shoe, they call them Clarks, Desert Clarks. Right? And when, when guys go and buy them, they're spending 18000 20000 And here's what they ask every time. Is this the original? Because nobody wants to spend money on fake. People don't invest in fake. And that is why you have to be an original because if you choose to be a fake, nothing will be invested in your life. I hope you're hearing me. Come on, say, I'm not a fake. I'm an original. Here you go. Listen, but what is the problem? The first problem is people don't like the way they are. I'm too short, I'm too tall, I'm too slim, I'm too fat, I'm too black, I'm too brown, I'm too, I'm too, I'm too introverted, I'm too extroverted, I'm too, I'm too, I'm too, I'm too, I am too. I'm too everything. But if people, if this is true that people don't like the way they are, why are you trying to be other people? 
Follow, follow, follow me. If people don't like the way they are, why are you trying to be them? In other words, if you don't like the way you are, what convinces you that Beyonce likes the way she is? You know that Jamaica have uh, what they call um, uh, they call him a Jamaican Michael Jackson. They can't call him Michael Jackson. You know what they have to call him? A Jamaican Michael Jackson because what? He's the fake. The sad thing, he's the fake version of the fake Michael Jackson. Isn't that sad that people have chosen to be the fake version of the fake version of Michael Jackson? And how many times we see that young people trying to be somebody who is trying to be somebody else. And they are left in limbo. People want to shape like Beyonce, not realizing that Beyonce has changed her shape to shape like somebody else. And then if Beyonce comes back to being who Beyonce really is, you're left in a limbo. Because who are you now? I've seen person trying to preach like T.D. Jakes. You can't preach like T.D. Jakes. Because you're not formed like T.D. Jakes. You're not the same way. You don't go to the same college. You don't have the same experiences. He has a different ability. His voice and his vocals are different from yours. You're going to have to get some surgery because you're going to damage your voice or your vocal cords. Because you can never be as good as or better than the person you're trying to be. So when they have fulfilled their potential, you'll, live in, you'll be living below your potential. Most people don't like the way they are. Second, they try to be like somebody else. If you're not going to be you, you're really taking up space. God says, I made you, I shaped you, I designed you. So Rick Warren says, your shape, which is an acronym, makes a difference. Your shape makes a difference because your shape determines a lot. Your shape determines where you are bound to fail and where you are bound to succeed in life. So you have to know your shape to fulfill your purpose because your unique shape is perfect for God's unique purpose for your life. You're perfectly shaped for your perfect purpose. God made you the way you are because the, that's what something God wants you to do. This, this this keyboard is the way it is because this keyboard has a specific purpose. So when you know what God made you to do, it becomes fulfilling and it becomes fruitful. The day you discover why you are here on planet Earth, life becomes more fulfilling and life becomes more fruitful. So there are three questions that we're going to answer today. What is shape? 
Why does it matter? And what should I do about it? And these three questions are going to be answered in cell group this week as well. So what does shape mean? What is my shape? What is shape? Ephesians 2 verse 10 in the New King James Version says this. For we are his workmanship, created in Christ Jesus for good works, which God prepared beforehand that we should walk in them. We are his workmanship. In other words, we are his masterpieces. We are God's masterpiece. In other words, this is an artist, and he has uniquely fashioned and formed you as a masterpiece. When you look at this, you, you think, oh my God, it's such a beautiful picture. Wow, I mean, I have, I mean, in, in fact, when it is done, it's going to be way bigger than this. So I have all of these on my desk at home. I mean, huge pictures, and they look so good. People come and look at them, and I put them on these um, uh, sugar boards and with color, and so they look really, really nice. And I even thought about autographing them and give to people as Christmas gift. But then I said, too much work. I ain't doing it yet. Right, buddy? Right? So I have them all there. And I said, you know what? I'm just going to pull them up and do them over. All of that. But here's the thing. It looks so good. You, you see it and you say, wow. When you're finished, you say, wow. And every day God looks at you, his masterpiece. He says, Wow. And that's important because if you don't get that, you're going to change. Have you ever wondered? I mean, God is full of wisdom, so he knows. But if I were God, I would be confused. I'd say, but, but, but hold on. I, I made you black. Oh, 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 you look so brown. I, I know the voice, but I can't pick up the face. God loves you the way you are. Amen? So, so what is shape? What does an acronym stand for? Ah, S is for spiritual gifts. S is for spiritual gifts. So we receive spiritual gifts. All of us, God gives us. If you belong to God, you have a spiritual gift. It may not be the one that I have, but you have a spiritual gift. There are over 20 in the word of God. Each of us is gifted by God to serve others for his glory. Amen. That is why some sing, some play instruments, some dance, some preach, some teach, some do media. But we all have a spiritual gift given to us by God to serve others and to bring God glory. H is for heart, our passion. It means what are you excited about? There are some things that you are excited about that I am not. There are some things that I am excited about that you're not excited about. Let me give you an example. I am super excited about sports. My wife is completely different. Sport doesn't excite her. And nothing is wrong with her. That's absolutely fine. That's the way God wired her, and he wired me differently. And nothing is wrong. We all have different passion. And that is why it is so important because there are some things you're saying that, boy, you can imagine, look what happened to all the ladies out there that have been abused. 
That's a passion of yours that I don't have. And if you don't seek to find a way to serve God and serve those people, it may never be done because I don't have that passion. My passion is for young men to help them. Maybe your passion is for old people. Some people have a passion for children. I have a passion for my kids to get big, to go on the food. That's my passion. People ask me about children. I say, not another one. But there are some people who, they're passionate about kids. All of us have different passions. And so that is why certain things bother you. And you wonder why don't bother nobody else. Because nobody else has the same passion about you. You ever wonder why some people say, boy, nobody not coming to prayer and things, and the, and the church people, they're not praying enough. And, and let, let, listen, let me tell you what I, every week people give me ideas. And I say to them, that's a brilliant idea. But it's not my passion. So I tell them, listen, I think you should do it. You know what they want me to do? They want me to do their passion. I am doing my passion. I can partner with you. But I can't do your passion because I'm not passionate about it. And if I start, they're going to stop. Because passion is important in, in accomplishing things. Then, A is for ability. We have different abilities. Some of us are very good at baking. I mean, if you get gravel, you bake it and it tastes good. Some are very good at cooking. I mean, they can cook, a dog give you, and it tastes good. You think it's french fried chicken, you eat it. They're, they're, that, they're that good. I mean, they're very good at cooking. That's, they have a special ability to cook. We all have different abilities. Some people are very good at building stuff. That's their ability. These guys are very good at playing instruments don't have that ability. So we need people with different ability in the church. And that's how God wired us because it helps to fulfill his, his ultimate purpose. What natural ability has God given you? And don't tell me you don't have any ability. You may not, you may not give credit to the ability you have. Some, you don't realize that there are some simple things are great ability. There are people who, who know how to keep place clean. I mean, they, they come and they are able to put just things in order and in place. And you go like, whoa, I did it. There, there are some people who are very good at organizing. Like everything is systematically in place and in order. That's an ability. Some people are very good with finances. They know how to maximize it and manage it well. That's a special ability. Some people are very good at communicating. But then there are some people of the ability to listen. Then personality. P is personality. How has God wired me? You see, some of us are introverts. Some of us are extroverts. Some of us are very confrontational. And some of us are, we don't even want to have no confrontation. Right? And so all of those stuff are important. Right? Because 
Here's how I know. People have problems with people who are extroverts. And people have problems with people who are introverts. Right? But, but there are some people who love introverts and people who love extroverts. Because that's the way. It's your personality. How you are is how God has designed you. Right? Let me, let me just help you. Aliyah. Sorry, I have to stop and read it. But you can't let it happen. What happens? Amen. So we have different personalities. We have to understand that though we may not like a person's personality, it is how God wired them for the purpose that God called them to. Amen? Then experiences. The E is for experiences. God never wastes an experience, even though we don't like it. We have different experiences. Some of the things that you have gone through has equipped you to do some stuff that I can't do. Our experiences are different. And that is why sometimes I tell people, like, listen, because of my experience of living in an inner city, I have an easier way of dealing with people of that background because of my experience living with them and being around them. A person, for example, who has been in the music industry in Jamaica and gets saved is better able to deal with our DJs and our singers in the secular world because they have the experience of being in that environment. A, a, a woman, for example, who has gone through physical and verbal and emotional abuse, she is better able to understand what a lady is going through. Some of them tell us what we're going through, and we go like, so what? Life goes on, right? Because we have never had that kind of experience. And so what God is bringing you through sometimes is to help you to do what God has purposed you to do. So that shape, spiritual gifts, heart, ability, personality, and experience. It simply means your shape is perfect for your purpose. Come on, just say that with me. My shape is perfect for my purpose. So now question number two. But why should I care? Why should I care? Here's why you should care. Because my shape reveals God's purpose for me. The way you find out what God wants you to do with your life is to discover how he shaped you. The way you find out what God wants to do with your life is to discover how he shaped you. Amen? You have to discover how God shaped me. What is my spiritual gift? What is my passion? What is my ability? What are my abilities? My personality? Discover your shape, you discover your purpose. In, in architecture, they have this thing where they say, form follows function. Form follows function. Form follows function. 
And what it simply means is that function comes first and then form follows. What the thing is meant to do come before what it is, how it is created. For example, someone decided that they need something with strings to make sound. And so they form a guitar. The function was to create sound using strings. That's the function. And so the function in the mind of the creator was there. And then based on that function, it was formed. Now when we look at the form of it, we know what the function is. Right? In the same way, when you understand your form, you will understand your function. When you understand your spiritual gift, your passion, your ability, your personality, and your experiences, you will understand what my function in this life is. That is important because if you don't fulfill your purpose, then really you're living a wasted life. So God determined what he needed you for, and then he formed you perfectly for that function. So that's how it works. God said, listen, I needed you for this, and based on this, I'm going to create you. If we discover our form, we will understand the function that he had for us. Jeremiah 1 verse 5, li listen to this, it says, before I formed you in the womb, I what? I knew you. He says, before you were born, I what? Sanctified you. I, I love this part. I what? ordained you a prophet to the nation. So, Jeremiah's form was based on the function of him being a prophet to the nation. So, he had to be born in a specific place at a specific time to specific parents with specific experiences. He had to have a heart for the nation. He had to have a specific personality and a specific gift to fulfill the function he was created for. Make sense? Why should I care? I should care because my shape equips me to serve him. My shape equips me to serve him. God equips you to serve him through your shape. He equips you to serve him through your shape. The word form again in Isaiah 49 verse 5. God formed me in my mother's womb to be his servant. You see, you were created to do something that nobody else on this planet can do. And you may think like, no, that's not possible, Pastor. Nobody, watch this, nobody can preach the way I preach or teach the way I teach. Because my whole life experience, my abilities, my personality is different from theirs. And that is why if you watch soccer, no one can take a free kick like Lionel Messi. I, I've watched, I'm going to give you a good example. I've watched a lot of soccer and everybody have this thing where they used to watch this guy called Cristiano Ronaldo. And they will dress off and, and that don't make them Cristiano Ronaldo 
Guys used to come up playing basketball and, and have their tongues out of their mouth trying to be like Michael Jordan. All they have tried, none of them have been called Michael Jordan. Because try as you may, adapt as much as you want, you can never do what Michael Jordan was put on earth to do. Amen? Not only that, but God will never ask you to do anything in life that he has, hasn't already given you the ability to do. Do you hear me? Whatever God has asked you to do, he has already given you the ability to do it. Come on, just say with me. What God is asking me to do, he has given me the ability to do it. It means that whatever your purpose is, you have all the inbuilt resources to do it. You can do it. The problem we're going to have is when we're trying to do something that God did not create us to do, we won't have the ability to do that. In other words, I cannot play bass guitar. Why? Because God has not given me the ability to do that. Amen? Number three. Why should I care? Because life is a test. Life is a test. Your shape matters because this life is preparation for eternity. This life is preparation for eternity. That's what it is. I am preparing for eternity. And so God will ask you, uh, your shape matters because this life is preparation for eternity. There's an eternal preparation and plan for your life. So God will ask you two questions. And here are the two questions. What did you do with my son, Jesus Christ? What did you do with my son, Jesus Christ? And here's what we're all supposed to answer. I accepted Jesus as my Lord and Savior. I accepted Jesus and what he did for me. I accepted his forgiveness and I began to learn and trust him. That's the first question. What did you do with Jesus? The second question you're going to ask is what did you do with what you were given? God is going to ask you, what did you do with the ability, the gift, the personality, the experience, and the passion that I've given you. What are you going to do with the spiritual gift? What have you done with the, 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 the heart, the passion I gave you? What did you do with that ability I gave you? What did you do with that personality I gave you? What did you do with the experiences I brought you through? What did you do? And all of us will have to give God an account for that. Those are the two most important question to answer in eternity. What you did with Jesus and what you did with what God has given you. God says this. If you're faithful in what I gave you here on earth, I can trust you with greater role, responsibility, and rewards in heaven. If you can use what God has given you on earth 
you'll get greater roles and responsibilities in heaven. Psalm 33, from 13 to 15, in the Message Bible says this. From where he sits, God overlooks all of us on earth. He has shaped each person in turn. And now he watches everything we do. He watches everything we do. Luke 16, 10 to 11 says, Whoever can be trusted with little can be trusted with much. If you have not been trustworthy in handling worldly wealth, who will trust you with true spiritual riches that go on forever and ever in eternity? What have you done with what God has given you? Why should I care? I should care because it shows God's glory. When you use your shape and do what God made you to do, you bring glory to God's name. You want to glorify God? One of the biggest ways you can glorify God with your life is do what you were created to do. Imagine with me for a moment if your pet fish decides not to be a fish anymore and say, as of today, they, when you go home, they come to the top of the tank and say to you, listen, I don't want to be a fish anymore. I want to be a, I want to be a cat. I don't want to be a catfish. I just want to be a cat. Like a, I want to be a cat. I refuse to be a fish from today. Treat me like a cat. As of today, you know what will happen to your fish? Die. And I, 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 I also figure that you'd have a problem. You'd have a problem with your fish telling you that they want to be a cat. You're going to insist that that can't happen. Because you're a fish, and you need to be a fish. You have to watch cartoons and stuff like that with kids to have this kind of imagination, right? So, so just work with me. <laughs> yeah? Imagine your dog that you have at home decides to listen. This, this whole dog business is over. I'm, I'm not into this dog thing again. Right now, I, I want to be an elephant. I want to be an elephant. So as of today, treat me like an elephant. This barking thing is done. If you want somebody to bark outside to scare people, that's not me. I, as of today, I want to be elephant-like. We'd have a problem. Why? 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 Because we know something is wrong. It's the same thing in our life. When we try to be something that we are not. You see, the dog brings glory when the dog does what the dog's supposed to do. The fish brings glory out when the fish does what the fish's supposed to do. If the dog tried to be an elephant, it won't have many dog ears. And if the fish tried to be a kitten, it won't last long. If you tried to be anything else apart from which God has purpose and called you to, you won't enjoy life. You won't live long. And here's the other thing. People will not invest in your life. I ain't buying no elephant food to give to my dog. In fact, if him stop bark and stop doing purpose, I stop giving him all dog food. Because when your dog is not doing what your dog's supposed to do, you call him what kind of dog? Worthless dog.
I wonder if they are Christians. That we could use that word. I won't. <laughs> Anytime something fulfills the purpose it was intended to fulfill, it brings glory to God. And why? Because uh, Miles Monroe says, where purpose is unknown, abuse is inevitable. What he means is that when you don't know the purpose of a thing, you will use it abnormally, in an abnormal way. It's not that you don't use it, but the way you're using it is not what it is intended for. Alright? It's just like duct tape. It is used for many things, <laughs> but there's a specific purpose why duct tape is named duct tape and why it was made. You know the story of the man who, for the first time, he went to the store and he saw something. He ordered it. He took it home. He, he paid for it. He took it home. He, he set it up in his living room and he would sit on his sofa and he would have his legs on it every day. And he put one of those nice little, um, what they call those things? You put on like tables like that. Right? Runners. What they call them? Dolly. Doilies. Put doilies on it with a nice flower pot. And he had it there for weeks. Until one day his friend came over and said, hey man, what is that? And he, he just put his leg up on it again. And his friend said, why are you doing it to that? He said, yeah man, that's what I bought it for. You see, it looks nice in the living room. He says, no, 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 no. And he says, listen, let me show you something. So his friend takes the power card, plugs it in, turns it on. The man sees picture and he hears sound. So he had bought a TV and he was using it for a centerpiece. Now it really looked good as a centerpiece. Really looked good in his house. It was fulfilling a purpose. But you know, the purpose for which it was designed was not being fulfilled. So you know who looked foolish? The man. You will always look foolish when you're living outside of your purpose. That is why, no matter how gifted a puzzle maker, puzzle worker I am, I cannot take a piece from this picture and put it in a different puzzle. Because it was made to fit this picture. And only this picture it is going to work. Amen? Isaiah 43 verse 7. Everyone who is called by na my name, who I have created for my glory. Come on, lift your hands with me and say, I am created for God's glory. He said, I have formed in formed him. Yes, I have made him. Uh, verse 21 of that same Isaiah 43 says, This people I have formed for myself, they shall declare my praise. This people I have formed for myself, they shall declare my praise. Amen? Final question is, how should I respond? Three things and then we are going to close. How should I respond to my shame? Number one, acceptance. Believe that God knows best. When he made me, he knew what he was doing. When he made you, he knew what he was doing. Listen, uh, 
You have to accept who you are and accept how God has made you. Here you go. So when you say, I don't like me, you're basically saying, God, you blew it. You made a mistake when you made me. When you reject yourself, you're in essence rejecting God because he's your creator. And it is rebellion against God. It is saying, God, I know better than you. You should have made me different. It's arrogant to reject yourself. But the root behind rejecting yourself is that we really don't trust God. We don't trust that God knows what he's doing. If you know that God is perfect in all his ways, and you know that you can trust God to work all things for your good, why wouldn't you accept you the way you are? Romans 9 verse 20 says this, But indeed, O man, who are you to reply against God? Will the thing formed say to him who formed it, Why have you made me like this? What is that? Why have you made me like this? You are uniquely made for your unique purpose. There's a guy called Nick Vujic. Vujic. You'll see his name. You can try and pronounce it. Nick V-I-J-U-C-I-C. All right, don't know if you have heard about him, but he has been around for years. No legs, no arms. And he, he is a motivational speaker all over the world. Spoken to millions and millions of people. No arms, no legs, but yet no limits. Listen to what he says. He says, who knew, who knew? Who knew that I would become a 23-year-old professional motivational speaker? Speaking to one million people all over the world. Starting schools in third world countries. Building hospitals and schools. And that's just the beginning. I am a real estate investor. A stock market investor. I love options trading. That's becoming one of my professions. I love the fact, though, above all, that I can give the world something that others cannot. What is that? What he gives to the world is not that he doesn't say you can do this. Other people say that. The thing is that this is a person. He's the only person with no arms and no legs, with his experiences. And if he can do that, what is limiting you? What is holding you back from fulfilling the purpose that God created you for? You have to accept who you are. How God has made you. Accept your passion, your personality, and your life experiences. It's a part of what God has placed in you to fulfill his purpose on your life. So acceptance. The second thing is salvation. And salvation is it's really simple at its core. It is accepting God's love. Jeremiah 29 verse 11 says, 
For I know the thoughts I think toward you, says the Lord. Thought of peace and not of evil, to give you a future and a hope. You see, the creator of a thing knows the purpose of the thing. And that's why you need a relationship with him. God loves you and has a plan for you. He says, accept my love by accepting my son. I remember when I used to be um, in charge of youth, one of the things I always share with them. I always share this story because it's very simple but yet profound. And I'd say to them, listen, if you take the fish out of water, the fish die. Because that's the place it was created to live in. If you take the plant out of the earth, the plant dies. Same thing happened to man. If you take man outside of the presence of God, he dies. Because that's where his life came from. See, if you have a BMW, you don't take it to Toyota. You take it to BMW. When your iPhone is giving you problems, you don't call it Android Store. You call Apple. Why? Because if Apple made it, Apple is better able to fix it. So it is with our lives. For our lives to be set on the right path, we have to go to God and accept His love. Finally, refocus. And by refocus, it simply means look inside. Look at your own life. What spiritual gift God has given you? What is your passion? What are your abilities? Personality, your experiences. First Samuel 16 verse 7 says, The Lord does not look at things that man looks at. Man looks at the outward appearance, but the Lord looks at the heart. The Apostle Paul says this, But by the grace of God, I am what I am. And so my goal in this series is to help you to become a confident person. To understand that God has shaped you and fashioned you the way you are because he has a purpose for your life. And God wants you to fulfill that purpose. He doesn't want you to be wandering around in the wilderness of this world trying to be someone else. He wants you to be exactly who he has made you to be so you can do exactly what he has created you to do. Amen? Come on, just bow your heads with me. Listen, let me pray for you this morning or this afternoon. So if you're here and you say, Pastor, I am not fulfilling God's purpose on my life. I'm not even sure what my spiritual gifts are. I'm not sure what my heart or my passion is. I know I have abilities. I don't even like my personality. Others don't like it. I don't even like thinking about my experiences because they have been so bad and terrible. If that's you, I want to pray for you because 
God can answer all your unanswered questions. You can begin a new season of your life. A season of purpose. And maybe for you, you need to accept His love. Maybe you need to you know, like the first question says, what have you done with Jesus? You need to accept him. Or maybe you need to begin to use what God has given to you. Whatever it is today, I want to pray for you. So I'm going to ask you, if you're here, or if you're watching online, you can also stand. It's not a problem. And you know that you need to begin to walk out and fulfill purpose. You know that, you know, you have been living something that you're not and now you're ready to be who you were created to be and maybe you are being held back by fears I also want to pray for you that whatever fears are holding you back that they'll be broken off your life so you can use your gifts and abilities and personal experience to really give God glory you'll do what you were made to do and glorify God so if that's you and you say pastor pray for me pray for me and need to walk in my purpose. I need the fear to be broken off my life. I need to, I need to get back to God. Uh, 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 th that's me. Please pray for me. If that's you, I want you to stand to your feet wherever you are and I'll pray for you right now. to begin to just whisper to Lord, Lord God, show me my purpose. Come on, you need to say that to him, say, Lord, I, I just need to know for what purpose I'm here on earth. Come on, just, just say that to him, say, Lord, I want to know for what purpose I'm here on earth. Come on, just lift your hands. Hallelujah. Say, so Lord, this is my season. My season of purpose. Just say that to him. Say, Lord, beginning today, I will live life on purpose. Just say, Lord, your purpose for my life comes alive today in Jesus' name. I'll use my spiritual gift, my passion, ability, personality, and experience to bring glory to your name. I will use what you have given me to bring glory to your name. My life, my life, Lord, come on to say, my life, Lord. As of today, begins to give glory to your name as I walk in my purpose. Hallelujah. Come on with your hands lifted. Listen, Heavenly Father, in the name of Jesus, I break the spirit of fear over your people's life in the name of Jesus. Everything that would keep them marginalized and 
confined. God, we come against it now in the name of Jesus. And we declare that the shackles of fear, the fetters of fear are broken in the name of Jesus. And you have set them free to walk in the purpose you created them for. God, I thank you that there are new places and new things in the name of Jesus. The borders and the boundaries have been expanded and extended in the name of Jesus. I pray in the name of Jesus that their spiritual gifts right now, Lord God, will become manifest in their lives. Pray concerning their passions, that whatever they're passionate about, that will be turned to you, Lord God. I pray that they will begin to pay greater attention to the abilities that you have blessed them with and use these abilities to bring glory to your name. I pray, Lord God, that they will appreciate even their personality, for this is how you wired them so that their personalities, whatever it is, will be under the control of the Holy Spirit. Spirit. God, I thank you for every experience that they have had because you are using these experiences to help them to walk in the purpose that you created them for. I declare that they are perfectly shaped for the purpose that they have been designed by you for. I declare this to be their season of purpose. No more, no more wandering. No more lingering. But they walk in purpose. We thank you. We bless you. God, we give you glory. In Jesus' name. Amen. And amen. And amen. And amen. And amen. Come on, just clap your hands for Jesus. Hallelujah. This is your season of purpose. This is your season of purpose. Remember, cell group begins this week, and we have prior from 12 to 12.30 every day this week. Have a blessed day. Amen. I can do anything I can do all things Cause it's you who gives me strength Nothing is impossible through you Blind eyes are open Strongholds are broken I am living by faith Nothing is impossible I'm not gonna live by what I see I'm not gonna live by what I feel It's deep down I know that you're here with me And I know that you can do anything Through you I can do anything 
strength. Nothing is impossible to you. Blind eyes are open. Strongholds are broken. I am living by faith. Nothing is impossible.